Peace and blessings, and welcome to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today while celebrating the people who have made this hip hop culture and introduce you to the new voices and faces that are going to lead this culture into the future. Today, we have a great episode, but before we get to it, we ask please subscribe to heritagehiphop.com. You can see the visual of this interview on YouTube by subscribing to Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. We ask that you hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and select all so you don't miss any content. Also, the audio is available anywhere you stream your podcast. So wherever you're listening, please follow the podcast, give us a five-star review, and take this journey with us. If you'd like to donate to Heritage Hip Hop, our cash app is dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop. Now, without further ado, we'd like to bring you up-and-coming New Jersey MC, The Cause, straight from Patterson, New Jersey, who has a message about growth, and we talk about the reason and the effect of The Cause. I'll come back with the rest of my commentary after the interview is finished. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast this very evening. I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight tonight i have a very special guest on but before we get into our guest i have to ask you please please come in hit the like button and join the conversation we're looking for comments we're looking for people to join us i mean what can i tell you this is the home of the introduction of the next voices that's going to carry this hip-hop culture to the next level and why do i say that because we are one of the only platforms putting on for independent artists and showing you who they are not just introducing you to their music. So please come into the room, hit the like button, make sure you join in the conversation because we're going to have a great story and a great conversation um, right now. Right now, right, right now, just to tell you, <laughs> I'm actually sending out um, the notifications so everybody knows that we're on right now to join you with us. You see what I'm saying? So right about now, I wanted to introduce you to somebody who not only takes his hip-hop very serious, he takes his hip-hop to the next level with deep thought and intentional MC marksmanship. He really wants to talk about something more than just rhyming for the sake of... They used to call it rhyming for the sake of riddling. He rhymes for the sake of the culture itself. He wants to be the person who not only helps you understand what hip-hop is, he wants you to appreciate what his hip-hop is as well. So... Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring onto the show my guy, The Cause. You, you, you. What's How's going that on? out there? Let me put you a little higher. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Now. All right. How's everybody doing out there, man? New Jupiter in the building. Karev, good to see you again, man. Oh, man, always a pleasure to see you, bro. We, we talk kind of often for a while, you know what I'm saying? And we were always throwing ideas at each other and things like that. And we were talking um real good, you know what I'm saying? Definitely building, building, building of the minds a lot. Yeah, so today's it's, today's uh, interview is going to be more than just me interviewing someone who rhymes, okay? Being that your name is The Cause, today we're going to play a game called The Reason and The Effect. Because when you have a cause, you have a reason. When you have a cause, you have an effect. Yes, so sir. we're going to build on that while reintroducing the people to you. So tell everybody where you're from 
uh, how hip hop introduced itself to you. All right. Well, like Karev said, my name is The Cause, coming from North Jersey, 973-201, Bergen County, Passaic County area. And uh, I call it New Jupiter. And hip hop got introduced to me, man. I mean, by the time I was coming up, hip hop was already a thing everywhere. And it was already a popping genre, maybe not super, super Hollywood as much as it is now, but it was already a thing. And it was the music that I connected to the most because I guess it was the most open expression, the most just whatever you wanted to do, whether you wanted to bring peace and positivity, whether you wanted to be in your face, fuck you, whatever you coming with and just real music in general, you could just bury your soul and be like, this is who I am. And you could display different moves and different uh, days of your lives because you might be a different person uh, or have different things going on from day to day, I should say. So I always uh, love the expression of it. And I think that's what really drew me to it. And also, uh, when I was real young, when I started like in elementary school, I was real reserved for a long time. And I think the showmanship of being an MC and being a hip hop artist and being an artist period and the creative, I think that's something that also drew me to hip hop and, uh, and music in general. But I just think hip hop is special in the way that we uh, historically and still to this day, how we put it down is just different. So that was just, you know, the thing for me as far as music goes. Music is relative. Do you agree? Yes. Music is relative to who you are as in terms of where you're from, what experiences in life that you've had, and those are called the reasons. If we look at hip-hop, the reason why we have hip-hop is because of poverty, is because of being disenfranchised, violence, and things of that nature. But hip-hop has also saved lives. What was one of the most life-defining moments that you've had in hip-hop so far in your career? Mm. Now, we talking about something crazy that happened with music or something that like saved my life as far as music? Why don't you do both? Okay, well, um, just as far as being a, a fan and a student and moving into the craft, especially, you know, with us being New Jersey based, it only feels right to just say when I first started and I met Elder Sensei from the Artifacts, uh, long live Tame One, long live DJ Chaos. Um, being a young dude in Jersey, I wanted to look up um, and know all these guys that came before me. Yes, sir. Artifacts all day, you know, they 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 go hard for New Jerusalem, man. And they put me on to a lot of this um this Jersey hip hop thing where I'm like, man, it's cool to be from Jersey. Like guys like the Artifacts, Lords of the Underground, to women like Queen Latifah, Lauren Hill, and the Fuji's and so on and so forth, they made it they made us feel like even me being a younger dude coming up. Just being a, a student, I'm like, damn, we can make it being from, from Jersey, no matter how we feel overshadowed. And long story short, when I started doing shows and um, some of my first shows was at the Armory Tavern in Newark and I met Elder Sensei, you know, and I was like green as hell, you know, fresh out the gate, like probably my second or third show. And that was just mind blowing to me and being that, you know, um, 
like I said, we're from not too far from each other, the same the same state. And that was just one of the first people I met that was, you know, famous, somebody that was somebody. And it was just mind blowing, you know, to meet him at that time. So that's just a, a, a straight music one. Those are always inspiring because, you know, we love this shit. And when you're young, that's what you want. You want to be accepted by the OGs and the legends and the veterans and the people that you look up to who've been putting it down. As far as just life changing, something life changing that is kind of outside of music but ties in with music, I would say, to be honest with you, man, just really finding my purpose, my calling, my, my confidence, my self-esteem, my... um my charisma, you know, music really brought something out of me that I don't see how I could have got there any other way. And it's, I guess because it just so happens to be my purpose. When you align with your purpose, obviously you get aligned with the great things in life and stuff like that. So I just think me being a hip hop artist, even once you get nice and you make dope music, now you got to go in front of crowds and you got to perform and you got to do interviews and you got to get in front of cameras and you got to do photo shoots and you got to meet people and you got to network and you got the fans that want to support you and meet you at shows. So you got to open up entirely, I feel like, and you got to be comfortable with that type of environment and being confident in all arenas. Isn't that hard, though, because... The reason why anybody is put on the planet Earth is because, remember what I said, the reason why we're put on the planet Earth is to make a statement. And unfortunately, the opposite was done, and that's the reason why hip-hop is here. Because somebody closed someone's voice, someone shunted someone's economic power, someone tried to destroy the well-being of a person's spirit, and then something new that was deemed hip-hop was labeled that came from a godly essence. So when I asked you about how, how your life has changed for you, and you told me, like, meeting Elder Sensei kind of was something that really showed you that there's more to you than that, I want to ask you this question. How did you, how did you surprise yourself by, by doing hip-hop seriously and not just being someone who who believes they're nice and do it around the way? Mm. Well, like I said, besides finding the confidence and, and, and growing as far as a showman and being somebody that's more in the public eye and more, you know, just like I said, in front of cameras, you got to perform, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Besides all of that, I just think, you know, when you get into it for the love, obviously you want to get better and better and you want to grow and you want to make, you know, everybody not Rakim or Nas or Jay-Z when they first start. So, you know, you might have something there, but when you start making, you know, concrete songs, the beat is good, the rhymes are good, the chorus is dope, everything about it is dope, there's, a, there's substance to it. It's something that you will want to listen to. And when you start getting to the point like I did when I'm coming up and now I'm, you know, you go from showing your boys and they like, oh, that's dope. And now years later, now the shit is so dope. They playing it in their cars. They spreading it to people. You riding around your area and you playing it in the car and you like blowing down and you really hearing it like, yo, this shit is really dope. Like this is some of the hottest stuff that I've heard and I made it. 
Yeah. You feel me? So, um, and then, you know, going out and getting it because it's more than just being in the studio. So, you know, um, I still got a lot of traveling to do, but when you start going to different cities, when you start going to different states, start going down south, start going out west, start going different places, and now you in front of complete strangers, people you don't even know. And um, sometimes it's actually easier that way, but in the beginning, you be thinking like, damn, you know, I'm not even from here, but a lot of times they love you more, you feel me? Because they don't know who you are, so they have nothing to judge you off of. They just seeing you for who you are coming out and rocking. But um, it, it takes a lot of courage to be an artist and to go out there and get it and not play it comfortable all the time and, you know, actually have to put yourself out there and, you know, you, you you can't be lazy with it, man. You know, even though it's, it's what we love doing and that's the, that's the real payoff, it's also something that you, like anything else, when you're doing something different and big in life, you got to be ready for that type of, you know, path. And, and it's going to pull a lot of greatness out of you that you probably didn't even know you had because you have to rise to the occasion. That, 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 that's an interesting... Um... That's an interesting take because you're not a rookie when it comes to hip hop. You're actually a vet because you have more than one more than one release, and you are a member of a group, and y'all had some stuff out as well. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the first release, which is called Release Party, as well. That came to a large portion of the public eye. How did releasing that project help you grow as an artist and help you to see that the reason for your growth was putting yourself out there to be judged and seen by the public eye. Yeah, man. Release party was different. You know, that's when I started um, really going to New York city a lot, really being around people that was somebody besides everything that I did in Jersey. Like I said, there's legends from here that I've been blessed to connect with. There's people in Atlanta, like big rule from dungeon family who I've been blessed to connect with. And like I said, songs and albums that I was listening to, now I'm working with some of these people. And I remember, you know, that was probably around the time I started meeting guys like Peter Rosenberg and all these different kinds of people, man. I remember I was at like Red Alert birthday party around that time. Melly Mel was there and Easy Moby and all these people. Um, so sometimes it'll be around being like around some of the older guys and they'll bring me around or sometimes it would just be just me dolo or me with some of my other younger artists that's coming out doing their thing. And um, I don't know, man, you know, at, at that time, I guess that's when I fully, fully got back into my solo albums after like two collaborative projects. And so it was everything back on me again. And I had to bear that weight and I had to be pleased with that because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be my goal in life is to always be happy. And I want, I knew I wasn't going to be happy no more being involved with some other people. I just wanted to do my own thing. And we release party. I just wanted to just make jams, man. I didn't even want to get to too deep to release party too, because I just wanted to make great music and just come out with some jams for people that was either waiting for new music or people that was, like new to my stuff now that was just finding out about me. So 
shooting another chapter, shooting Bloom was amazing. Shooting Tuesday night, still one of my favorites. Um, shooting Filmy, and of course doing Five Flower Town with Do It All, the legendary from Lords of the Underground. Um, Sonny's on there, Valana Denise. I just think, man, it's it's just a masterpiece of flavors and sounds and. You know, you hear me on another chapter talk about coming back from the dead, talk about, you know, situations not working out, having to get back into my own zone. Bloom is kind of like that blossoming blossom season, but then also kind of being in your own head a little bit, like which way should I go? And, you know, the album continues on. So um, that was also the first time I came out with a big campaign and I had the T-shirts and I had the albums and the lighters and everything that people was enjoying and i'm really grateful for everybody you know that supported at that time i really needed that and it was just uh i think a culmination of everything that i was doing manifesting and showing me like that i was on the right path and that you know i had this great music that people was gonna fuck with let's build because you said something very important and i want to highlight something that you said because you said you used a big campaign and you really started to see like the more it was more to it right hip-hop is the biggest body blow you can ever take because when you put yourself out there you're going to get hit because you're going to get the criticism you're going to get the adulation people going to love you and people going to hate you at the same time and being that you started your own movement and you really wanted to go deeper to this hip-hop thing let me ask you a question I asked you about what you learned about yourself. What did you learn about hip hop as you started really starting this relationship with it as you put your project out? Mm. Man, that's a good question. Um, well, there's different ways to look at what hip hop is. If we're talking about, you know, the music industry or at least what, what I've seen so far being on the scene and things of that nature. Um, Man, uh, you really got to put in work. You really got to put in work because you could be the dopest guy on the planet. You got to put yourself out there. You got to, in a sense, sell yourself, but not really sell yourself. Because when you try doing that too hard, it never goes nowhere. But like you said, put yourself out there in a sense. And um, you're going to have to do shows. You're going to probably do a lot of shows that you don't get paid for for the sake of putting your name out there, but you know, you gotta have a lot of faith to do this shit because like I said, everything is not gonna be a, a paid night. Some stuff is like for the sake of promoting your name and your brand and your music. Some stuff is literally just to keep the grind going. Um, it don't happen overnight. A lot of people think uh, it happens super quick. And even for people that they think that happened with, it probably didn't happen like that. You know, most of the time, there's a lot of days and nights that people don't see. They don't see the other side of it. Because mm. they forget about you usually when you pop in and your buzz is going and stuff like that. So I would just say that, man, you know, it's definitely not for anybody that is doing it to get attention or be cool or to, you know, find a quick lick. It's nothing like that. If you don't love this shit, you're going to quit. And that's anything that's big or different in life, whether it's movies, anything that's artistic, creative, um, even being an athlete, whatever it is, it's going to it's going to take uh, a lot. 
And so I would suggest if you don't love this shit, if you don't, if you, if regardless of anything else, if you can't go without writing a verse, without writing some new music, without producing a new beat, um, if it's about anything else, this probably not going to be for you. Because if you don't make it in three years, you're going to quit. And I've seen it happen. You know, a lot of people come and go, even a lot of a lot of talented people. You know, you got to really stick with it. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing I learned is you got to have that drive. That's what somebody told me, somebody I went to high school with that used to make beats, you know, years went on. And he was like, cause, you know, you got the drive for this. That's really what the difference is. He's like, I love it, but I don't got the drive for it. So that passion is what's going to keep you there. It's not going to be the money, which could be up and down. It's not going to be nothing else that you think it's going to be, you know, at the end of the day, you got to really love this shit, live for it and decide like, this is what I want. So let me ask you uh, the million dollar question because ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the cause, but we're talking to him, talking to him about the reasons because the reason the, the region burst the cause. And mm. I want to ask you this when it comes to artistry, everybody wants to be free, but yet when you go into the industry, everybody becomes a slave. Why do people fight for captivity when they're trying to be artistically free, in your opinion? That's a good question, man. I think especially before more recent times, I think that's all people knew. I think this has been the generation over the last maybe five to ten years already or going on ten years where people see like, you know what? I could do this shit on my own. People like Westside Gun and Griselda, people like Russ and Chance the Rapper, and anybody that's independent. There's a lot of people out there that, I mean, you know, we could go all the way back to the 90s and talk about Jay Prince and Master P and all these people. So, you know, it's been it's been blueprints for how to do this on your own and create your own thing. And I think that um for a long time, man, that's all people knew. I think they just knew like you get signed. Coming up, that's all you hear rappers talk about is either getting signed or how they got signed, now they on. And, you know, you see some of your favorite and greatest artists get fucked in the end when you like, how is this guy in a bad deal? This is like, you feel me? It's, it's crazy. So I think that's just all people knew for a long time. And I'm glad that now things are getting more open out there where people are seeing, okay, we could build our own fan base because at the end of the day, that's what the labels are going to make you do anyway before they sign you. They're going to make you get popping and then they want to fuck with you. So people started to see like, if I got to do this anyway, I might as well just keep it going and, and own my music and, and own everything that I'm doing and, and, you know, be the recipient of it instead of getting to these deals where, you know, a lot of the times it's making everybody else get rich. Okay, so pause right there. Let's think about it this way. Do you think social media was the next evolution of hip-hop and where it is today? Yeah, man, it definitely had an effect on everything. So it how had... so? How so? Tell me how it affected you. Oh, man. Well, I mean, if, if, we, if we even going back to MySpace... That's when a lot of my music first started getting out there. And to be honest with you, um, it's ill because obviously when MySpace happened with the music and then now we are in the Instagram and 
I guess SoundCloud's still going, but YouTube and <laughs> streaming age and everything like that is going to affect everything. And, um, man, when I was in high school, it was still on that kind of like older wave of how to get on. And then when MySpace came with the music thing, I was like, wait, so if I just, if I could find a way to record some shit, I could just throw it up here and people would hear it. Because I was super introverted as a kid. So when I seen that, I'm like, oh, I could just throw this shit up here. You feel me? So um, that's when it started changing for me. And I didn't even let people know it was me at first. And somebody called on like, yo, that's you. And I was like, yeah. And once that, you know, once he caught that, I was like, fuck it. I just put myself out there fully. But that was a way for people that were still kids like like I was that didn't even know what to do. Now you just got to find some way to record a damn verse or a song or whatever, a freestyle, whatever you could do, and you could just throw it up there. And obviously, you know, that's still the case. Now we have streaming where you could just go on DistroKid or you could go on anything and just throw your music up there before anybody ever heard you or anything. You know, you could throw your stuff up there and start putting it out there on Twitter, Instagram. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there's a million ways that social media affected hip hop and music and life in general, because now everything's just changed. If it goes to social media, this is a whole nother outlet now, you know, people could be whoever they want to be. Um, but also, there's less privacy now with artists. There's more, uh, it's more invasive than it was before. I mean, you could go on and on, man. There's so many things. We could get into the internet gangsterdom. <laughs> you know, that's something that changed. There's so many million ways that social media affected life, period. So, But, but let's take it back to what we were talking about before. Isn't social media what killed the record industry but made the artists powerful? Yeah, because now we hear about how much work it is to be a reputable artist and not just put out music. So to me, I always say right now, hip hop is full of participants, not artists. There's mm. not a lot of people who want to be artistic. There's a lot of people who just want to do it to see how it feels. Mm. But as an artist, I want to ask you this question when it comes to social media. Did the world get bigger? Or did it get smaller for you as an artist? As far as social media wise? And hip hop, yes. Yeah, it definitely got bigger for me. Um how so? I think also because it is like I said, if we counting it back to MySpace, that shit happened when I was in high school. So now I'm getting access to I don't even got a car, but now I got access to everybody in the world if i want to like see i was i was up on it early when it was still like a couple people that's like why are you adding me if i don't know you and i'm like oh i'm spreading my music that's how early on it was like it was, it was a little suspect like yo who the fuck you from jersey why are you adding me i'm from cali or wherever and it just opened me up to even just in jersey you know it's a it's a small pond where you're growing up so now you're getting um people from all the way in south jersey and you know, just all cities. And I just think in general, as time went on, Twitter, Instagram, um, it, 
you know, it, it, it keeps a million avenues open. So like I said, you can meet somebody from Houston. You can meet somebody from Sweden or Japan or Africa or Germany or anywhere. You know, hip hop is everywhere. So you never know where somebody's going to hit you from. Like, yo, I'm a fan or I'm a producer. And there's some producers that I never met yet in real life. You know, I remember when my dude, Rigid Star, I believe he was from Germany and he came out here to New York and Jersey and stuff. And we met for the first time. Um, so, you know, it just opens you up to endless possibilities because it's one thing, you know, if you got access to everybody in your area, but now if it's producers hitting you from the UK and stuff like that, and you got fans in Nigeria and anywhere, you know, like you just like, man, I can't believe it might be a country you never heard of. And somebody's hitting you like, I love your music. And, and a lot of times they know their history too. I've had people hit me from like the Middle East or something. And they like, yo, shout outs to New Jersey, real live. They, they'll be saying people like real live. And, you know, you like, wow, man, you really know your stuff. Like, that's what's up. So it just shows me that hip hop is everywhere. And I think that makes it easier to where if there ever is, um, if you ever do feel like a kind of like a drought or a dry spot, like there's always going to be somewhere, somebody somewhere that's dope, that's with the, you know, that's with the shits that want to bring you to their show or buy your music or, or produce for you or whatever the case may be. So it just shows you the abundance of like great music that's out there and people that appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are building with the calls on Heritage Hip Hop Podcast this evening. And that's interesting that you said that because being that you are affiliated with the Dungeon family, shout out to the ATL family, do Big Rube. Big Rube's your man, right? Yes, sir. Uh, and Big Rube, if y'all don't know, he's the person on all the Goody Mob and Outcast songs that's spitting the poetry, the spoke, spoken word. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite pieces he did was on Society of Soul Embrace. I love that song. You know what I'm saying? And to connect with somebody who's profound and thought must inspire you as well. So since you've met people who have, you've connected with all over the world, even domestically as well as internationally, who are some of the people you've met that have inspired you just as much as a mainstream artist has inspired you and brought more to you and to your talent? Mm. Well, one dude I got a shout out is Fatboy Sharif from right here in Jersey. You know, I came up with him when he was still doing uh, college radio um, hip-hop shows, interviewing people. And um, I was already, you know, putting myself out there. And then he started um, – He's actually, we all had, like, a little crew that we both was involved with. And we started hitting shows and making songs and stuff like that. And he came with Age of Extinction and then started his solo path. And um, – just being friends with somebody else that's really serious about it, really does their own thing, puts themselves out there, doesn't, you feel me, pull no punches, just go out and do what he got to do. Um, it's always inspiring because we always putting each other on the shit, whether that's as, you know, students and fans of the music or as business people and artists putting themselves out there. So, um, and just a lot of people that I've worked with, man, um, Nick Wiz produced KOJ. That's a guy that I wanted to work with for years and years, man. And for those that don't know, Nick Wiz has produced from everybody from Rakim to Chino XL to ESPN to 
you know, from movies and TV shows to, you know, some of the greatest rappers, Shabam Sadiq, Cellar Dwellers, a lot of people like that, man. And, um, you know, to work with people again that you came up listening to their stuff is a beautiful thing. And it goes full circle, especially when you um, bringing them into your world at the same time. You know, I brought Do It All into my world. I brought Nick Wiz into my world or he just happened to be in my world and I happened to hear the beat like, yo, let me get that. You know, um, Big Rube, of course, you know, like you said, Society is so, that's a very slept on gem of an album. And I remember asking Rico Wade, like, man, are y'all ever going to do a second Society is so? And uh, he, he, he told me that they always planned on doing one, but I forgot what got in the way of it. So, you know, so far that hasn't happened, but, um, man, AT Aliens, I seen, I seen Big Rude perform Liberation in New York with this band called Algiers, who I believe is from uh, Atlanta as well. Oh, man. I mean, come on, Liberation, you got Outkast, CeeLo, Erica Badu, and Big Rude. One of Big Rude's best verses to me. Um... I mean, I love Dungeon Family. I love Outkast. I love Rule. I love Goody Mob and Organized and everybody. So I remember looking up like, yo, who is this guy that's that's talking or doing spoken word on all the records? Who is this guy? And I'm like, man, I'm going to find him and I'm going to work with him. And, um, you know, Desensitized, I, it's, it's a beautiful record, man. I really love that song. And so, you know, it was cool seeing him when he came up to New York. And he was a part of that show. Fatboy Sharif was on that show as well. I'm like bugging out, like, how the fuck y'all get on the same show? I'm definitely going to that. And it's always great to build with Rule because he just has so much wisdom beyond beyond being a part of all these amazing albums and songs. He's just an intelligent ass man in general. He knows so much. You know, the guy that you hear on the songs is is, believe it or not, just a part of how how deep he can go. And so Rube is cool because you could chill with him and, and you know, um, just talk shit and talk about whatever. And then you could turn a corner and he could go real deep and you'll be diving into something. And then you, you could be cracking jokes and then you could get into some music shit, you know? So um, all these people inspire me, man. And everybody that's a part of uh, release party too, and anybody that helped me with what I do in any way, including heritage hip hop, it's an honor to be on here for the second time, man. So I only work with people that really live this shit and do this shit for real. I only collaborate with people that's passionate, with people that's good people, and that really do it from their heart. So you know, every 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 time I do something with music, I'm usually inspiring myself and elevating to the next level. I'm glad you said that because that was a good segue to the new project, The Release Party 2. And a, a project is like a baby. They all have their own personalities. They all have their own temperaments. And they represent different aspects of your individual growth as well. Mm. From Release Party 1 to Release Party 2, now we're doing cause and effect, everybody. Let's get it. How have you seen yourself take your artistry and your and your purpose to the next level? Oh, that's a great question, man. 
like I said, when I did release Party One, I wanted to make some just great music. I wanted to put some gems out there. I wanted to um, go a little bit deeper on Release Party Two. Well, I should say my intuition wanted me to. It was just the right move. Um, you know, with artistry, a lot of the stuff is not necessarily planned out, but you follow your your soul to the right moves. And mm -hmm. I feel like Release Party 2 is just building on the sound, but it's going way more in depth. It's going way more um, into these real life experiences and telling you like, okay, the Release Party series ain't done. The Release Party theme ain't done. I feel like a lot of people didn't understand the real meaning behind it. And I wanted to continue it like, yo, the idea came from my shows and these events where we performing and people sweating and going crazy and just having a good time or just standing there bopping and taking in the message, whatever it is that you feel like doing. It's a real release party. I want you to hear what I'm bringing to the table, know that I'm bearing my soul on these songs and I want y'all to have a good time and I want y'all to leave feeling a higher vibration than when you came in, but I want you to cry a little bit too. I want you to really feel something, you know? Um, I feel like I found that balance with my music where I could just make, you know, great ass music. If you don't want to hear no lecture, you could put my shit on and just vibe to it. But if you really want to go deep, if you're looking for something to relate to, if you're looking for a reason to be yourself even more, if you're looking for something to learn or something to, think about you know my lyrics is there so i feel like i got the right balance of of mystery and the right balance of okay i see where he coming from off the rip and you want to keep coming back to the music so release party two and past paradise is just that i wanted to bring you into my world i wanted you to feel me and i just wanted to you know i think every project every song i do i touch on something that i might have not necessarily touched on before and I might bring you into my world a little bit more, just into what people is really going through a little bit more. And at the same time, expanding on sound, expanding on the, you know, the vibes and the frequency that I'm putting out there and just keep trying to be the best artist I could be. So I would say that's the real leap from release party to release party to and past paradise. That's real deep. I, I want to give some people some history behind some of the things that you say. You call New Jersey New Jupiter, right? Yes. And, you, and you're forming your own understanding of what New Jersey is. I want to do some history with you because it goes into Empath's Paradise, which is release party two, because the empath is a person whose feelings are projected based on others that surround them. So it's like you do a lot of learning, but you do a lot of projecting at the same time. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when I did my history on Jupiter, did you ever do the history on Jupiter? I've seen I've seen a little bit about it, yeah. It's funny how Jupiter is characterized in today's world as Thor. So all y'all Avengers fans, New Jersey is Thor to this man, right? <laughs> right. And Jupiter is known as the essence of merriment and happiness. Mm. Jupiter is also known as the um the planet that aligns itself with the rings. It's it's, it's known as the Jupiter is known as the expression of bearing the weight but having joy in it. And that's what New Jersey hip-hop is to me because New Jersey hip-hop has been relegated to a bastard's position. It's not New York, but it can be dope. 
it it it, 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 it fights itself for recognition only to want to go be accepted by someone else. When mm-hmm. you think about New Jersey and you think about the empath, it's always about being an empath is always affected by someone else, just like New Jersey hip hop is always affected by someone or something else. How do you, as an MC from New Jersey, find your identity as a dope MC from New Jersey, where you're not from Essex County, yet you're not from New York City, and you still are fighting to find your way to have your voice and your project heard? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, man, that's a dope question, too. I mean, I just feel like I learned from early on when it comes to being an artist, you got to just be who you are. You got to put on for what's real to you. And I think that, um, you know, thankfully, a lot of these guys and these women that came out from Jersey before me was enough to show me that, um, you know, you can make something out of yourself. And I was always cool with, you know, just just doing my own thing, even going to New York. You know, I always show the city love and I let them know, like, yeah, I'm coming from New Jupiter. Like, we dope, too. And they usually don't have no problem giving the props when you really dope like that. And, um, you know, in New York, a lot of creativity is on full display. People just want to hear somebody real and somebody that's dope. Um, and I just feel like when I when I was much younger coming up, I felt like I wanted to fit in a lot as you do when you were a kid coming up. And I think as, I, as I've grown, I've learned that there's beauty in being unique. And a lot of the things that maybe I used to want to hide or things that I didn't want to share or things that I would keep to myself, I found myself daring to say it on the record or I found myself um, embracing the differences that, you know, Obviously, when you're young, like I said, you want to fit in and you want to try to see what other people think is cool or whatever. But you start to realize, damn, you know, there's only one me. These differences that I have and this unique, this uniqueness that I have is the right way to look at it. Um, And you start to see like, damn, this sets me apart from other people. If I have the confidence to embrace it, that's actually a good thing. And that's what a lot of times in hip hop, we, you know, everybody wants to compare you to somebody when you're coming out. Everybody wants to put you in a box. Everybody wants to find, even in a kind of positive way, they just trying to find a way to describe you and a way to tell people how your music is. But a lot of the time, man, we got to just let people just be who the fuck they are. When you think of artists of all genres, like, from Prince to David Bowie to the Beatles to whoever it's like, just let great artists be great artists. And in hip hop, we got to start allowing people to be who they are more. And um, if you don't like it, you ain't got to fuck with it, but we need to give more people room instead of right out the gate, trying to say, this is the next, this person, or they sound like this person, or they look like this person, or this is this type of sound. Sometimes people are coming with a whole new sound or a whole new thing and you trying to put them in a box. You feel me? So I feel like that's definitely something as people we got to work on is just, you know, um, embracing the differences and stuff like that. But like I said, that's the flip side of growing up. You start to realize, oh, you know, these differences that I have, like this is good because nobody else can tell my story. Check this out. 
Isn't hip hop the greatest mirror that projects mm. a person's soul? What For do you sure. think? Yes or no? For sure, yeah. Check this out. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Man, I see a handsome dude. I see a great man. I see the creator of Release Party and New Jupiter. Um, I see somebody that is who I wanted to be when I was a kid and I wanted to do this and I wanted to, you know, live a great life. I, I feel like I uh, stepped into them shoes. Do you see yourself? Yes. No, you don't. And that's the biggest thing about the effect of hip hop. See, when you look in the mirror, you don't see, you see yourself. You see your reflection. So you see what the world sees when it looks at you. But the world is not you. It's not inside of you. You project to the world. And see, with an with a album, with a song, with the release, you're giving the world a part of the inner you that's not really that self of you. Because as you grow, people say, well, you're a hypocrite. But you're supposed to change. People are saying, well, you did this last album. Why come you didn't do this this album? Because you grew. Mm -hmm. So with the picture that the world has of you, you will be judged and you are bringing people into understanding yourself by giving them a reflection of what yourself is. You see what I'm saying? Mm. I think that was part of the genius in the new, uh, um, the new project, Release Party 2, is because being that you took the impasse path, you're giving the world its reflection of itself back to it as an empath. Because mm -hmm. as an empath, you only take in people's energy only to give it back. That's why I thought the song Desensitized was very mastery. Because I think today's hip-hop has been desensitized to truth. There's a lot of truth being taken out of the hip-hop. When you take mm -hmm. out the drums, you take out the heartbeat. When you take when you take out when you take out the um the grandiose flair of twerking and money, you you got you, you gotta you gotta you gotta bring in the soul. Mm. And it seems like we're playing a balance between truth and soul, and people are trying to find it both in the culture right now. Tell me about the sensitizer. What was the message of that song? Um, I think just like what Big Rue said, like we won't get desensitized to it, and you see. There's so much death death out there online. There's videos of people being killed. We watching them. There's crazy fights and people wilding out and people is clicking on all this stuff. Even when you think about um, the internet now, there's so much clickbait. Whether it's a YouTube video or a, 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 a blog on the internet, things are literally meant to get you to click and then you read it and it's nothing like it sounded, but you like, damn, you know, they, they making it sound like somebody died or some crazy, somebody's like neglecting their child or something. And then you click it and it's just a cute spin that they put on what really happened. And you like, damn, but now you fucking with people emotions. You making people think some shit might be serious when it's not. And then, like I said, with what I first said with the videos of all these deaths and everything is like, Big Rule said that on the song, there's little kids watching all this shit. You feel me? And they seeing it. Um, and I just think that it's important that we don't get desensitized, that these things don't get normalized. Like on the solo song, Andre 3000 did on Blonde from Frank Ocean, he had a line where he said, so much that I could admit, 
when they say another kid gets shot by the popo, it ain't, it ain't an event no more. You feel me? And it's like, man, it's just important that, um, you know, the George Floyd situation, as tragic as it was, it was so special because everybody was locked in their house. And hey, if this was something that you might have normally pushed to the side, you can't push it to the side because you ain't got nowhere to go. We all in this together watching this and you seeing everybody coming out and speaking out against what was going on. And, you know, I feel like it's just to the point now where, man, it's sad. You know, it's sad the things that's still in the headlines. It's sad the videos that come out. And then half the time you don't even want to see it because you don't even want to see no more tragic shit. People, you know, these families, the things that they go through. And, you know, I, I just say God bless to all the people that's really activists. You know, it's beautiful what we do with music. We 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 change people's lives, but to really be there on the front lines. I was telling them at Black Lives Matter Patterson, like, yo, y'all really heroes. Like, y'all be on the blocks when it's freezing cold and be out there giving out free clothes and helping people and teaching people. And, you know, that's just a whole nother level of the game, man. But all in all, man, desensitized, it was just about the ills of the world and these things that, that go on. And I just wanted to bring you through our lives and the things that we want to talk about and kind of make it some shit to ride to, but some shit to think about at the same time. But see, those are the reasons the cause exists. Now, the effect of the cause existing is making music that can make a person think and appreciate their journey. For sure. My favorite track on on, on Release Party 2 is Kids on a Journey, as a matter of fact. Mm, because so that, that song shows your range. You have a very monotone voice, so mm. people will wonder what type of beats you choose. And I think I think you are starting to, I think in my opinion, I could be wrong. In my opinion, I think ever since the first release, now you're seeing that you can do this and you're trying to push yourself to see how far you can do it, how far you can take it. And you're experimenting with different sounds. What did Kids on a Journey do for you as a beat? Just like the love, find your way. So it's just two different beats. I, I never, I didn't expect to hear you on, but when I did, I was like, you know what? He flipped that. And I like how you did that. What, what made you go in those directions and how did you grow to that? Well, with KOJ, the funny thing is Nick Wiz had this beat up on his Instagram. Mm. And he was just playing it on the MPC. And I heard it. And I was like, yo, what you doing with that? Because people that know Nick Wiz, as far as his hip-hop history, he's known for I feel like his horns and his, you know, boom bap underground gritty production and release, um, I should say KOJ, it just felt so release party. It felt so release party too, and it felt so calm king causey. It was like he made the beat for me. And I'm hearing it on his Instagram, and I'm just like, yo, I gotta get this beat. And I just hit him like, yo, what's good? Like, what you doing with that? So we end up building and, you know, he let me rock the beat. And I had wrote something different to it at first. I was trying to really see where I was going to go with it. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up, I don't know how I ended up coming out with the chorus to this, 
the song as it is now. And I was like, nah, this is the way I got to go right here. And I started coming with the verses and then I came with the second verse. And I feel like on this one, man, I was just, I was inspired by like songs like ADHD from Kendrick Lamar and just like people like Kit Cudi. And I wanted to get into that mental health zone um, in a different way than I normally do. And that's why I put a lot of these young and older legends that passed away in the video because um, it made me think of guys like XXX and Juice World, and we just lost Pop Smoke and Mac Miller and Lil Pete and all these different people. And I, fe I felt like I was, even though the sound is not rock, I felt like I was becoming a rock star on this song and talking about this real life shit and bringing it into this in, in this uh you know amazing way that people would love. So you see DMX in the video, you see Michael Jackson and Prince and everybody from Bob Marley, I believe, is even in it. You know, we got Jimi Hendrix. We just really wanted to take you through this journey of music and also this thought process of like, damn, this is what people go through. This is what celebrities go through. Um, everybody has something going on in their life. And we touch on a variety of topics throughout KOJ. But I think ultimately, ultimately the message is, you know, take care of your mental health. We're going to make it. We're going to be good. Whether you're from a lower income circumstance, whether you come from a, you know, a toxic uh, childhood or, a, a, you know, family that brought you trauma in your childhood or whatever the case may be like we're gonna be good we never ever dead we keeping the legacy of these people alive and we keeping that spirit alive and that's just one i wanted to bring to people and just keeping our inner child alive and i think that's why it's called kids on a journey we all got that little kid still inside of us and that's why i love the quote from virgil when he said like something like do it for your 17 year old self, you know, and I think you got to always keep that inner child alive, have fun, you know, live life. Um, don't be afraid to take your shoes off and put your foot in the sand. Don't be afraid to ride that wave. Don't be afraid to go into nature and do these simple things and just love and just have a good heart and things of that nature. And, you know, even though we go through these things and I put it out there, I always try to keep, something uplifting in it and something that um, can make you feel triumphant, like you can keep going and stuff. I like that because at the end of the day, I said this on another show, this world is full of many gods, but there's only two that matter, the most high God and death, and we're going to meet them both one day. And well, the one thing I can say is the thing that I like about this project and that surprised me was you really went to your inner man on this one to show the world that not only are you capable at rhyming, but you have a story to tell. Mm. In Past Paradise, the song itself, the title track on uh, song number six, well, it's Nyambi J. That's her name? Nyambi, yeah. Nyambi J. That song spoke a lot about your inner man. Am I correct? Yes, yes, definitely. Not about even, even with the Dame Dash part at the end, yeah, I was like, yo, it's all about talking about yourself and gambling on yourself. 
What's the biggest gamble that you took on yourself with this project? And how did you win and hit the jackpot when it was finished and you heard it? Oh, man, just going all the way with it. You know, I shot a video for every song. Um, I still got a couple coming out, as you know. And I think the biggest gamble I took on myself was just leaving behind all the collaborative stuff I was doing before. And just, like I said, following my happiness and my purpose, continuing to make the uh, the best music I could make. I'm so used to coming from left field and just doing what I want to do that by now, you know, it's normal to me. But there's still always that, you know, damn, are they going to feel this? Um, but I think I'm so confident, you know, with a song like KOJ, things just come together at the right time. And I mentioned that song because I feel like uh, lyrically, the things I'm talking, some of the things I'm talking about are so different. Some of these things that you hear in this song, I, you know, I haven't touched on in other songs and I'm touching on some of my childhood and things that I went through and my family went through. And, you know, even like you mentioned Lost, um, like you said, you know, that's a that's a, a, a different situation. When I heard that beat, I was like, yo, this beat is speaking to me. I don't know what I'm going to do on this beat. But my spirit is telling me to grab this beat. And Niambi actually set that song off. That's one song that, um, you know, she got on. And usually it's me getting on the songs first. But she set that song off for me and got on. And I really didn't know where I was going to go with it. It took me some time to get into my bag and really find what my spirit was telling me to say through that verse. And you mentioned Empath's Paradise. You know, um, it kind of goes with what I said about betting on myself and saying like, okay, a couple years ago I was fucking with certain people that was good at the time, but now I've outgrown these situations and I got to be courageous courageous enough to know that I got to follow my happiness. I got to follow where my creative, my creativity is bringing me. And it takes balls to leave things behind. When you coming up and you a loyal person, you got these attachments with people. Um, and it's been a, a common thing in my career since I first started. You might have something that's a good situation at the time. But then you keep it, you know, you keep it moving and you outgrow situations and you got to have the balls to move on and, and, and step into the unknown. This is this is a lot of going on faith and stepping into the unknown. I'm stepping away from all I've known at this point. And like I said, it's, it's happened three, four times in my career because you always got to keep it moving. And if the circle you around is if you outgrown them and, and you going up here and they not going with you, you got to find people that's on a similar mind state. So I feel like Empaths Paradise is talking about a lot of those growing pains of having mad love for people and coming up with people that now you're going in a different direction and you seeing things a certain way and you just want what's best for you. And at the same time, it's not always easy. There's a lot of egos involved and there's a lot of hurt involved in that growing process when you're young coming up and you got to step away from certain situations and stuff like that. So um, Empath's Paradise, you know, I can't wait pe for people to see the visual. I know you've seen it and you see a lot of the behind the scenes footage 
And a lot of the, you know, there's even scenes in there where I'm like 19, 20 years old. And you see a lot of um, the come up from release party and release party two and these studio sessions and these shows and these photo shoots and video shoots. And you see, you know, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that goes with the stories that I'm telling. And Empath's Paralyze, I would say it's, it's, it's got to be, I was going to say it's the deepest song on the project, but, you know, there's a lot of deep songs on the project now that I'm thinking about it. And there's a lot of layers to everything. So I would say Desensitize, KOJ, and Empath's Paradise stand out a lot as far as the weight of the substance that we carry in. But then, you know, a song like Lost, it might seem a little more lighthearted, but if you really listen to what I'm saying, I'm I'm still coming from a place of like, yo, I done been through some shit. You know, I just learned a better way. I learned to keep my vibration high and to stay positive and stay confident and stay on course. But we all go through things in life and some of them hard things that we don't want to touch on. I enjoy touching on them because I know there's other people that's either going through that, going through it right now, going to go through it, or can in some way relate to what I'm saying. And they might need some something to keep them going and some dope shit to listen to. So, you know. I appreciate you bringing up Empath's Paradise because I feel like, uh, you know, when the video comes out, I think that song is going to blow up even more. And I just feel like poetically is definitely one of my best and one of my deepest records. It is. It's one of your one of your best records that I've heard so far. And I want to give a shout out to CND. He says, stepping away from what you're comfortable with forces you to grow in other ways and make different music. Yes, Once sir. again, that's why the mirror is not yourself, it's your reflection, because mm. you're giving the world what yourself projects. You're not giving the world what's in you because you have to protect and guard your inner man to create music like this. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So, so talk your spill, man. Sell your album. Tell everybody that's checking in why they should get you a project. That yo, peace to everybody out there, man. I'm having a great time here with Karev, Heritage Hip Hop, New Jupiter in the building. Release Party 2, Empath's Paradise is out now. Um, I would suggest everybody to go to listen to this album. I want to thank Peter Rosenberg for playing Desensitize and KOJ on Hot 97. I want to thank Street Dreams Fanzine for featuring me um, in my own spread called Empath's Paradise. In the, in the issue, I think it's the second to last issue with Doom and everybody on the cover, RIP. Um, I just want to just keep it going, man, for all the people that love great music, all the people that have made great, amazing touch of music through the years. Um, and I'm really happy with all the love that I'm getting from this project. I also got my Wait For You Cosmics visual out now. I jumped on the Wait For You beat by Future and Drake, and I just wanted to just keep people... Uh, I just wanted to keep content out there for people, and I just wanted to have fun. You know, this is something that's pretty much just for the fans, but I just wanted to keep uh, dope stuff out there while I continue to, to bring you the rest of the videos for Release Party 2 and, you know, the new songs for the next projects and so on and so forth. Um, just had a dope-ass show in Brooklyn a couple weeks back with A-Sharp, Lifelong, Poet, Respect the God, Cut Supreme. That's just the people that threw the show, so I'll leave it at that. Because that shit, that name, um, that list gonna go on forever if I start shouting all the performers and everybody. But shout out to everybody 
I really needed that, man. You know, um, I think my last show was last year in Long Island. And that was a dope show, uh, show in Long Island as well. Shout out to Sargon. But uh, I always love performing, man. And it's another aspect of giving yourself to people. Some of these people never even heard your records, but now they're getting it firsthand. So I always say, you know, in hip hop, as much as we want to go want to go crazy and we should have a great time, but I still like to perform and let you hear every lyric because some of these people never heard my music before. And, you know, if this is the one time that they're going to see me, I want them to, you know, it's like this. If you hear Stevie Wonder, he's going to sound as good as the record or he's going to sound better than the record. And I think, you know, these singers, they're crafted and performing as good as their songs. And I feel like as rappers, we should understand some of these people never heard you before. So let them hear what you're saying, have a good time, but, you know, make sure that you're performing as good as your music sound because you want people to buy your music and fuck with your music. Sometimes them just hearing what they hear might not be enough. You want to want them to really get the song. At least that's how I get down. You know, I have a release party. I turn up and I tell my story. But like I said, I want you to really get the words and the lyrics to what I'm saying and everything like that. But yeah, man, I got a whole bunch of visuals out there for anybody that's tuning in that's not familiar with the calls or release party too. Um, comkincausey.com. Got some goodies on there for y'all, and you could just find everything that has to do with me up there. And uh, yeah, man, I want to shout out Karev. We had a dope-ass interview the first time, and um, you know, we here vibing, having a great time again, and it's always good to build, man. Always. So with that being said, everybody, he's not a rookie to the show, but maybe you are. So that's the first part of the interview. Right now, we have something, a game called the rapid fire questions. Are you ready to play this game again? Nah, I haven't. Oh, be ready now. The rapid fire questions, ladies and gentlemen, are not yes, no questions. These are questions that talk about your depth of knowledge of the hip hop culture and yourself. And if you really connected as you say you are, are you ready to play this game? Let's get it. All right. New Jersey hip hop is stuck in a in a time loop of 30 years ago because everybody keeps talking about people who came out in the 90s. Who are your top five artists that are out right now that people need to check for in New Jersey? Mm. Definitely gotta put the calls, definitely gotta put Fat Boy Sharif, definitely gotta put 89 the Brainchild. Um, I'll throw my boy Brain Orchestra up there because he always bubbling and doing something. Um, and I'll put uh, producer Roper Williams, man, another dope-ass producer. So, yeah, those are the first five that come to mind. Okay, that's dope. Here's question number two. Is AI going to destroy hip-hop, in your opinion? Oof. I don't know enough about it yet to really give an opinion, but I was seeing the headlines about the Kendrick Lamar verse that, you know, and I heard Danny Brown talking about a robot rapper. <laughs> I forgot what the name of the uh, of the guy was, man. I don't know, man. I don't know what to really think of it yet because I haven't really, you know, learned anything about it or what's really going on. Um, it's definitely something different. I don't know where it's going to go. Okay. Next question. Are you a fan of producer battles? Yeah. Okay. So... Producer battles are growing thanks to 
the art um um producers like Stanley Ipkiss who uh, of headphone therapy who are putting on for the producers like people put on for the MCs with MC battles. Who do you think will have to shine for hip hop to evolve again? We've seen the MC, we've seen the hype man, we've seen the DJ. Who do you think is next in the line, evolutionary line to make hip hop pop again? Mm. Man, to be honest with you, if I'm saying, you know, I don't know who it's going to be, but if I'm saying who it, who it would make the most sense to be, to be honest with you, it would be for, you know, record labels to get back in line to dealing with things in a real way and hiring young people and hiring new people. Like, I feel like the Grammys, they must have had different people involved with it on the last one because it was a lot more hip hop. It was a lot more uh, based in a lot of stuff that we will fuck with, in my opinion. So I feel like it's about expanding. And I think that um, if there's anybody that, you know, they making their money at record labels, but, you know, like we just talked about, people are seeing how to do it on their own. People are seeing that we don't need to sign to these people. So I feel like, you know, that would be the best move. It's like, yo, you know what? Just like how we was in the 90s and, you know, we had loud records come out and we had, you know, you know, before that Def Jam and all these labels, if we, you know, just like they came out and they changed the industry. Man, if you're a part of a record label, you got to probably see that most record labels now ain't changing a damn thing. <laughs> so unless you somebody, you know, like a TDE, somebody that's really doing something different that you could tell they really live for it. It's not too many of them out there. That's why people like Dreamville. That's why Griselda's winning. That's why a lot more independent labels are winning because they they care more about the shit. You know, you could just go for a dollar bill, but the, the consumer don't give a fuck about you doing that. They just want to hear great shit. You feel me? So I feel like whether it happens or not, they might actually be forced at some point to be like, damn, we're going to go under if we don't change our ways. So I feel like, you know, in a perfect world, that would be the best pe person to uh, get in line because everybody else doing their thing. Okay. Okay. We got a quote. It says, to make hip-hop pop again has to be the lyricist. Make people listen again. Not a rapper just putting catchy tunes out, in my opinion. That's a good point. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it real with you. There's no such thing as an independent artist or independent label. I think that's mm -hmm. all crap. Because as long as you sign a deal or sign an agreement to have your music go somewhere, you're not independent. You have a partner. Yeah, so, a lot of people say that. Yeah, I, I think it's all I think it's all interesting and relative. So I have two more questions before we end this interview off. You know how I do. So you're from a part of New Jersey that people don't look at as a home of hip hop. Mm. What is the most no, let me ask this a different way. Hip-hop in New Jersey is defined by New York and Pennsylvania. How does your area define its own hip-hop without either identity? Mm. Well, I'm like 15 minutes from New York, so it definitely has some effect on it. But, you know, I'm in the home. You know, the most biggest artist to really come out of here recently is like Fetty Wap. You got Coyle Ray from Hackensack, you know. Um, but as far as like the the Patterson area, you know, obviously Fetty Wap would be the biggest. Um, you know, we got Just Blaze, we got King Sun, we got a lot of history there that a lot of people don't know about. 
Um, and I think that um, in this area, I definitely think it's like its own block. A lot of people are stuck in just this immediate area and stuff like that. And I think um, for me, I created the new Jupiter thing to show people like, man, let's expand our mind state. Let's take it just beyond where you're from. Let's think worldwide because a lot of people out here got talent. But if you don't really believe that you could take it to those heights, see, this is why, regardless how people feel about him, why it was so different when Fetty Wap came out because people was believing, damn, yo, he breaking records. He all over the radio. If he can make it, we can make it. And I feel like that was a great thing because sometimes certain areas, they might not have that mind state. Like, I feel like in New York City, you – you know, like, all right, if I really, really grind, I could make it out of here. But some areas, it might just be more, you know, people might be more street struck or they might not really be really believing that they could really take it worldwide. And that's what I just wanted to show people with my music and with, you know, I work with a lot of people from around the way, people you hear on my albums and, um, I just think, you know, for Jersey in general and especially like in this area, like, you know, for people that don't know, I'm originally from Garfield, grew up in Fairlawn, always hung out in Patterson. A lot of people know me from the Patterson scene. And um, it's just unique, man. This is why I also created the new Jupiter term originally just for myself. And it, and it turned into something. But to say like kind of feeling like a black sheep, kind of feeling like growing up in between different areas and kind of being unique in that way. And also just bringing, like I said, Jersey to a higher level. Like, yo, you don't got to feel confined here. Like, fuck that. Fuck how the other people feel about us. Or if they, if we feel like they don't show us love, they going to show us love. We on some new Jupiter shit now. We on a higher level. And, you know, when you hear songs like Lost and you hear Juke God and Kids on the Journey, I'm like, man, these songs could go. It's a reason why Rosenberg played me. It's a reason why things, a uh, reason why things are starting to happen for me. And I just want people to know, like, like I said, you ain't gotta be confined. Let's take it to the moon. Let's take it to New Jupiter. You feel me? Like, you just gotta really be about it, though. You gotta be committed. You can't half-ass it. You can't have one foot in. You gotta be all the way in, and you gotta do it for real. You feel me? Facts. So let's close out this interview with something great. Before we close out, ladies and gentlemen, if you like the interview that you hear with Heritage Hip Hop with The Cause, or oh, he's on that side of the screen, with The Cause, subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com for more. We are more than music. We introduce you to your future favorite artists today by celebrating the people who laid the groundwork for this culture and introducing you, oh, this way, introducing you to the people who <laughs> are... Or we're becoming the new faces on the foundation of this culture that we're passing on to the next generation. So if you like what you heard, please hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit all. You want to donate, you got dollar sign heritage hip hop for the cash app. You can stream this on YouTube and wherever you have your audio podcast of service, you could go there because we're there as well. Cause it was a pleasure to have you back on as my yo, you call me on the phone. Whatever you want, you know what I'm saying, that we could build and talk and we have that relationship. And I thank you for allowing me to have that relationship with you because at the end of the day, 9 billion people on the planet, you know, only 3% of the world gets to know you, if even that. 
and I'm honored to have be able to so I, I can actually learn and match minds with you, and I appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you as well, man. I want to shout out to Karev. Shout out to Heritage Hip Hop. We're gonna definitely keep in touch, man, and we're gonna keep building, keep putting out content there for the people because there's always more things to talk about, more moves to to put out there. So I want to say thank you to everybody that listened, everybody that's seen this, and everybody that's gonna see it. Uh comkingcausey.com, release party two, and past paradise by the cause out now. Once again, shout out to Heritage Hip Hop. You already know. All right, but I got one more question. And this is the question. You've released the party. Now you took them to the inner man. What is the next journey of the release? Because the release that I see is not about the music. It's about the potential of one man finding his own power. So what's the next step since you come from the birth to the, to the feelings? What's next? Man, what's next is just growing bigger putting on for family, putting on for the juke, letting people really know what it is. We've been kicking down doors for a long time. Now it's time to leave all them doors down. You feel me? Like Rosenberg seen what it is. You feel me? Nick Wiz seen what it is. Big Rule seen what it is. Elder Sensei, Mr. Green seen what it is. I've been around a lot of greatness for a, uh, a long time. So right now, we in March 2023. So, you know, March 2024, there's going to be way more people that's on the calls. You're going to be seeing me doing a lot more. You're going to see more projects coming out. And, you know, the plan in the new Jupiter just keeps expanding. The rings get icier. You feel me? And the abundance, it continues to grow, man. And I just want to continue to also be uh, a real influence, but also a good influence for people that to feel like they could be themselves, they could do whatever they want to do, no matter what circumstance you're coming from. Excuse me. And, you know, I just want to uh, inspire people to be their higher selves and know that you can really do anything. You just got to go out and get it. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out Release Party 1 and 2. Follow the cause. Also follow Heritage Hip Hop. And we have nothing else to say. So with that being said, peace. And we out. One love. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Be sure to follow The Cause on his social media. And check out his new albums, Release Party and Release Party 2 in Past Paradise. You can follow Heritage Hip Hop on HeritageHipHop.com. YouTube and wherever you stream your podcast of this, of choice. With that being said, this is Karev Heritage Hip Hop saying peace and I'm out.